Hey there, welcome to the in between. Um, it's uh, we 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 are sans Chris today, so it's just me and Paul and Colson and and I'm I'm telling you this because we're 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 going to talk about Daniel ten without Chris, and you're going to hear Chris's interpretation of this on Sunday. But I'm going to go ahead and give you. All the wrong ways the, that we think about it. and The he'll dissenting put, opinion. And then he'll put all things right. <laughs> and then he'll put all us. things. It's going to be great. Um, but this is um, the uh, Daniel 10. We're going to jump right in because Daniel 10 um, is is a really neat passage. Um, I I mean, Daniel 9, really hard. Absolutely. Daniel 10 um, is it's kind of fun um, in the sense that you don't you don't have a lot of stories like this. Um it's like uh, in, um, and it's funny, we're about to reference that there are other stories like this, but um, it's like for me in the first time I read Job, actually read Job all the way through, and I read the first part of Job, and you kind of get this like glimpse into things mm-hmm. that we don't see or actually hear about in most of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're seeing almost a behind-the-curtain type uh visual that's going on and i know we've been talking about that through most of daniel but this one um is is fun to me because i i really do think that um the person who daniel is talking to the person who strengthens daniel um inside of this is jesus um is uh is god incarnate i i there's there's too many things um that we see both in revelation and yeah um in ezekiel in ezekiel because i think on Sunday, Chris flashed up a graphic, you know, kind of comparing this, this, the description here right. with John's one in Revelation. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also interesting, you know, that one, as we were just mentioning, was this is a combination of probably, again, these, these visions that mm-hmm. they are, they're both experiencing and they're both kind of relating in close enough terms. They're using terms to describe something that's like something that's not like something, right? You right. Know, it's like this. Yeah. It's not to be taken as a one to one. So it's like he's got a body of a crystal, mm-hmm. which may mean but bodies don't aren't crystals. So what he saw was <laughs> nothing like right a body like crystal, right? But the only thing he could do in his brain, right, to bring it into functionality was to say, Make, oh, "Okay, here's this." It's it's like it's like it's a crystal, mm-hmm. um, which there was a really cool line in the. Ezekiel passage that we'll get to in a minute that reminded me of that. Like it shines like, you know, like the rainbow, how it shines in the sky. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. Not at all. Yeah. But but it's, it's again, it's the best that well, they're having to give this imagery to bring it into any kind yes. of human sense. Because what they're seeing is not the human sense, this human experience. Right. It's not normal. This is what you're talking about with even Job is they're getting kind of the the peek behind the curtain of a of a reality that is going on here. Did we say the job thing in the podcast or was that before? Uh I don't I don't think so. But that's a <laughs> This is the problem when we talk before we talk. On yeah. No, we we didn't talk about that. But the okay. whole revelation kind of peeling back of the curtain which is a the I'm trying to think of no, We did talk word. about that. Did we talk about it? Lord, I don't know. <laughs> My goodness. We'll play it back. It'll be great. So this is what we run into here in 10. This is what we ran into with John's vision and revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, the images are very similar there, and that's what Chris pointed out to. But obviously the words are very different because it is then John recording that in Greek, um, whereas Daniel now has moved back into Hebrew. But his contemporary Ezekiel, 
um, when you flip back over to his kind of vision and version of this in Ezekiel one, you use the, you used the phrase before, um, when we were talking of, uh, theophany, mm-hmm. which is, uh, the, you, this would be a fun if you don't know these words. This is this is kind of a yeah. Fun, I don't know them. Fun so theological word that you can throw around. A theophany is just a a God sighting. Mm-hmm. Um, is is what the I think the translation of that would be. Um, but the the theophany, you can think epiphany, but theo at the beginning. Um, so when someone sees God, mm-hmm. um, that's a theophany. So this would be an example of that. Yeah, and and what is super interesting about Ezekiel's is when he's talking about these four characters, and then seeing the one of the who's clearly on the throne. So there's the there's not missing it in Ezekiel. That just right. similar to like John. There's a throne. There's there's this one is the Son of Man. This one is God. This one is right. Um, the presentation that's clearly understood there. But Ezekiel, in his description of even those the the four that preceded and even in the appearance of the one who comes and is on the throne we've been a little ways away from the the four um beasts in in daniel but right. you, you remember if you if you think back there were four beasts yep and so there's there's tons of tie-ins but there it's really interesting how it's even the same hebrew words yes um which oftentimes is kind of even lost a little bit in our english translations because sometimes even though they're the same hebrew words in both mm-hmm. for whatever reasons the translators oftentimes come up with a little bit of a different play or spin on it, trying to fit it in with those Guys, that are around it. Don't be clever. Well, but again, this is one of those helpful things of commentators who are who pour over this type stuff and, right. and kind of can, can align and say, this is this word here. This is this word here. And right. these are the same things. And so again, it kind of just, it brings into this question that Chris has kind of left us on this cliffhanger with building up so far, introduced his character and then stopping right before he gets to 13 where now probably people they're in verse 13 of chapter 10 comes kind of the clearest argument for maybe this not being Jesus, a pre-incarnate Jesus or um, a divine uh, image here. That is just an angelic image. And, and I think that there's, so there's three options to this. Um, there's one that this is purely all angels. This is just angelic mm-hmm. beings. And this isn't again, a revelation of, of Jesus or of God. Um, but still a, revelation of he's in control of these things sure. and things are still happening, yeah. but these are the powers in which he's accomplishing his will. Mm-hmm. Then you have the view of, no, this is in fact a pre-incarnate Jesus who's being revealed here. And, uh, and a lot of, again, the argument for why they think he is, is some of the, the one, the grandeur of the language yeah. again matching Ezekiel's account, looking in very similar to John's. And then even I think, matching the response of Daniel. I mean, yeah. Daniel's seen, we've run into Daniel in visions before. We've run into him meeting angels before. Sorry, yeah. Um, we've we've run into those things, and yet we we get a very different response. Countenance from Daniel in response to this one that he sees. Right. Um, and and so again, people a lot of a lot of those who are of that opinion look at that and say, well then clearly this must be something greater than any of these angels and here he is falling down. What, what gets a little bit tricky and this will be interesting when, when I'm sure Chris will bring in uh, more kind of illumination. We'll have a lot of fun with this of what do we do when we run into 13 with this prince of the kingdom of Persia who right. withstands him. And so this, this idea being that, you know, he, he heard the prayer 
um, of Daniel, and he was coming immediately to Daniel, but then is held up by twenty-one day for twenty-one days by this kingdom of Persia until Michael, one of the chief, you know, the arch, archangel, until mm-hmm. he can come. And it's like, oh well, once he comes and helps, then I was able to get away and come here. And so it is kind of a troubling, like, okay, if that was, you know, the the pre-incarnate Jesus, Jesus himself, right. God, and now he's being limited. Right. What do you, how do you kind of wrestle through with that? And again, I think probably what Chris said and what we'll maintain in all of this is we may all be wrong. Like, if, oh yeah, this clearly, like you can, you can pick any one of those. Oh yeah. And, and kind of try to make it fit or make it work or interpret right. it differently. And yet we could just miss it and then, and be wrong in this. Yeah. So let me tell you my, my thoughts, what, what I think is going on here. Cause there's, there's two, there's two, um, uh, arguments that Chris has, uh, posited for this not being, um, Jesus. And I'll, I'll hit both of them. The first one, um, and, and th- again, this is not like this in no way actually refutes what Chris says. This is just the way that I see it. Oh yeah. No, and is, I think he made this abundantly is, clear. Is yeah. No matter, no matter where you fall on this, you can't fall off the application. Right. And that's what he held pretty strongly. And I'm sure he'll right. continue. Um, exactly. And I would say that, that probably what's going on here is that, you know, like imagine even if you're the big brother, um, that I think we referred to before with, you know, you're sitting there with the Prince of Persia and it's Jesus and he's holding them off while he's swinging. There's gotta be something that like Jesus feels like he's got to hold this person before he can go do this other thing that he needs to do. And the only reason that he's sitting there with him is it's not time to destroy him yet. Like right. he has some purpose for him. And the only one who can hold him up like he is right now is Michael. So wait until Michael shows up to keep him from swinging and actually hitting something that, you know, matters. Right. Um, and then and then he can go off and do what he needs to do. And this would be this would be very reminiscent back to Job. Yes. The understanding that. Yeah. That. God does not, you know, James reveals God does not tempt. Yeah. Uh, and, but it is this thing of like, God does allow the tempter. And so what we yeah. run into Job is, you know, again, it wasn't that God was going and targeting him yeah. with these trials and with the not sufferings. Not afflicting Job. But he did not, apparently had the ability to restrain the devil from doing so, but yeah. he doesn't. And again, you could read more into, into James for why that, that, occurs you know kind of that idea of um god or satan wanting to tempt us so that you know we bail on god or distract from god but god allowing temptation so that we depend closer on on him him. yeah we've mentioned job twice now i want to go ahead and um have another plug here for something else if you have time go watch the bible project um their video on job is really good. I just watched it recently, and I was reminded of a lot of things, and it's it's fantastic. I I really enjoyed it, um, and their interpretation of um, kind of the back and forth that's happening inside of that. But then the second thing that uh, Chris referenced is how um, uh, he doesn't Daniel's is stood up. Yeah. So when he strengthens him, it, like he strengthens John, he doesn't really stand John up, or we don't have a reference to him standing John up, and and that would. 
he was talking about how that is a like that that would be at least one of the markers of how an angel would interact with a human as opposed to Jesus. Right. Because Jesus it's it is absolutely um uh appropriate for us to fall on our face and worship God. The mm-hmm. the the word for worship both um or one of the words for worship, both in Hebrew and in Greek, um, uh, they they carry with them the idea of of moving down and toward something. You can picture in your head if you want to um, the uh, prostration that would happen with any kind of uh, medieval um, uh, or well before that um, noble who would um, or person who would come before a noble. Um, and that like they would bend down in front of them and either kneel or kiss their ring or, you know, that mm-hmm. we, we all have that image in our head. I think um, that's, that's the idea that's being conveyed a lot of time. Whenever you even use the word worship is, is we use the word worship. That's not the word that they were using. The word that they were using, you know, was different in all these other languages or these other two languages and they conveyed within the same type of like humility and action towards something. Um, and so it's very, that, that action of laying yourself down in front of somebody um, in the Bible is, is connected to the idea of worship. So it, it is very appropriate for an angel to then stand somebody up inside of that and say like, no, 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 no. You don't need to prostrate yourself before me. I'm not the one who's in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that in this situation, it sure seems like um, uh, he's, uh, Daniel actually says the words that he uses whenever he's talking to um, this being is, uh, and this is actually from the NET um, um, translation. Um, Sir, due to the vision, this is in verse 16. Sir, due to the vision, um, anxiety has gripped me and I have no strength. How, sir, am I able to speak with you? My strength is gone, and I am breathless. That that uh, word for or the the phrase "my strength is gone" is I think um, in Hebrew the the word actually means does not stand. My strength does not stand, mm-hmm. um, and so it would almost it, to me. I think that because that's what the phrase means. It, it kind of is is the same thing that when he stands him up, he strengthens him. And so of course he stands him up because that's, that's what is needed inside of that for him to talk to him, what he's missing. Um, So I just see that as, as kind of a, a, maybe a different take on what's going on there and why he would stand him up. And, and I mentioned at the beginning that there's probably three ways to then try to make this work. And we only covered two. One is this is Jesus. One, it isn't, it's just an angel. And then there really is kind of a uh, popularized by um, a guy named Miller um, with uh, he, he was the one who wrote the new American commentary on um, Daniel. Uh, and, and he actually thinks that there's verse 10 is the transitional verse. Um, and so very similar. And what he's pointing to is again, back to the Ezekiel. Cause if you go read the Ezekiel um, account in chapter one, we get yeah. the four, you know, Let's, clearly not Jesus beings there with Jesus being there. And so there's kind of like a, he's, he's relating it more as this is the, you know, the, the three people viewing the same scene all from a little bit of a uh-huh. different kind of angle type understanding. Yeah. But what, what his point is, 
is saying like what it, what happens is you have this presentation of of this divine character of the Trinity that comes. Then Daniel's response, I heard the sound of his words, and as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Then you have a transitional, and this is why, and behold, a hand touched me. And he would point to this being then the role of the angels in this healing touch. Mm. And because we will run into that again, we've we've already kind of run into uh, an angel kind of playing this uh, a role of kind of a healer, somebody yeah. who gives um, gives strength, strength and comfort. And then here now we have this idea of um, now communicating the message, the message from who the the source. The, so that the source you've, you've run into this, you know to God himself, the son of man in this vision, he's completely knocked down, fallen in. And then now the angels do what they do, which is kind of come strengthen and then tell those words, give the understanding to those words as they stand him upright. Cause so it's also it's important kind of a, to, to know that like the, if you have in your translation in, um, in that 16 and 17, if, if it says Lord um, or my Lord or something like that, and, uh, where, um, you know, when he's referring to the person, that's, that's not like he's, it's not Yahweh. He's not using the word Yahweh. He's not even, um, uh, it's, it's more like, a Adonai, Adonai, which is just like master master. Like it, it's a, it's a deferential mm-hmm. term like, of respect, a term of respect. Thank you. And, and um, sometimes is said to the Lord, I mean, like, sure. I, I think it, it is where that we can be used towards that, but then it also but doesn't have to be right. Correct. Um, and that's also a good uh, reference to anybody that doesn't know if in your Bible's translation, you see the Lord or Lord and it's all uppercase, but you know, lower that's, that's actually not Adonai that's Yahweh. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's, there's some differences that you may not know are um, happening inside of um, those things, and that's not the case here. Let's read um, Ezekiel 1 um, just so everybody can hear the um, similarities between um, what's being referenced um, inside of this. So if, uh, you've got uh, Ezekiel. Sure, I can pull it up. Um, so we, we run into this in chapter 1, verse 4. Uh, as I look, behold, a stormy wind came out of the north and a great cloud with brightness all around it, fire flashing forth continually in the midst of fire as this if it was sound familiar. gleaming metal. And from the midst came the likeness of four living creatures. Oh my. This was their appearance. They had human likeness, but each had four faces and each of them had four wings. Their legs were straight. Their soles of their feet were like soles of a calf's foot and they sparkled like burnished bronze. <laughs> um, under their wings on their four sides, they had human hands and the four had uh, their faces and their wings thus. Their wings touched one another. Each one of them went straight forward without turning as they went. Um, so very, again, similar to like the speed that we had talked about yeah. in the wing imagery. Uh, yeah. um, as for likeness of their faces, each had a human face. Uh, the four had the face of a lion on the right side. The four had the face of an ox on the left side. And the four had the face of an eagle. So again, there's these just... Very, very similar. Um, mm-hmm. The wings were spread out. Each creature had two wings above, which touched uh, one another while the two uh, covered their bodies, and they went straight forward. Wherever the spirit would go, they went. Without turning, they went. As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, like the appearance of torches moving to and fro from the living creatures, and the fire was bright, and out of the fire went forth lightning. 
and the living creatures darted to and fro and like the appearance of a flash of lightning. And really then we, fast. Really fast. Then we get in this kind of this interesting living creature wheel thing. Now, as I looked at the living creature, I saw a wheel on the earth beside the living creature, one for each of the four of them. And as the appearance of the wheels in the construction, their construction, their appearance was like the gleaming of barrel. And this is where we run into that crystalline, yeah. um, same th- kind of imagery that's, uh, that, w- that we've run into here in 10. Um, and where they went, and again, it's any direction uh, without turning as they went, and the rims were tall and awesome, and all the rims of the four were full of full of eyes all around. That's just freaky. Yeah, and when the living creatures went, the wheels went beside him. The living creatures rose from the earth, and the wheels rose. Wherever the spirit wanted to go, they went, and the wheels rose along uh, with them, for the spirit of the living creatures was with the wheels. And then, kind of skipping kind of down, now in 22, we actually get and this is where we run into this throne room, over the heads of the living creatures, there was the lightness of an expanse, shining like awe-inspiring crystal. Again, here we are, spread above their heads, and under the expanse of their wings, stretched out uh, straight towards one another. And each it's creature, like a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, each, and as they went, I heard the sound of their wings, the sound of many waters, like mm-hmm. the sound of the Almighty, the mm-hmm. sound of a tumult, like the sound of an army. Like a multitude, mm-hmm. maybe. And there came a voice from above the expanse over their heads while they stood still and let their wings down. Um, then above their heads, there's the likeness of a throne in appearance like sapphire, again running into this crystalline, um, and seated above the likeness of a throne was the likeness with a human appearance. Mm-hmm. And upward, uh, what had the appearance of his waist, I saw there it were like gleaming metal, like the appearance of fire enclosed all around. It's like he had a sash around him maybe. Yeah, and downward from the appearance of his waist were like the appearance of fire. There was brightness all around, mm. like the appearance of uh, the bow that is in the cloud on the day of rain. So was the appearance <laughs> of the brightness all around. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop referring to it as a rainbow, yeah. and just talk about the bow in the clouds after rain. <laughs> yeah, the bow that is in the cloud on the day of rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 the that's the better word for rainbow. And then here we have as it ends. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord, Lord here now being Yahweh. Yeah. And when I saw it, I fell on my face and I heard the voice of one speaking. Yep. So there's a lot of uh, connections there. And we, we've already seen the connections in um, Revelation. Um, and uh, I just, I to me, it's one of those things that... Um, uh, I, I cannot um, fully understand any one of these passages. That's um, yeah. like that's there's nothing. I mean, I, if you were following along with uh, Paul while he was reading that, and you had a clear understanding of what was being in you know described right. by Ezekiel, um, you and I need to talk because that it, it's. It it definitely sounds like somebody trying to explain a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh my gosh! All of a sudden, I was flying, and then you know there was a ham sandwich. Um, sorry, those are just my dreams. <laughs> anyway, um, but what we run again, we run into this concept of even Daniel, the one who is being gifted. I mean, right. this really is a gift. I mean, here, here he is, and is you know. Cyrus now is in his third year, so in his first year, the decree had already gone out for right. those to return. Um, kind of like Chris mentioned, maybe he was just too old and 
could not return um, back to Jerusalem. Maybe he was um, kind of in his retirement stage of still kind of being a consultant for the king and stuck around after the lion's den, you know, incident. Um, and yeah, I'm more likely to think that Cyrus wasn't actually going to let him go. And, and yeah, again, we, we don't fully even understand this, but probably in the heart of Daniel, um, you know, he's, he's probably connecting at some level with the return to Jerusalem with some of these coming out of exile mm. and bringing him into what is his response to pursue God in prayer and study his word. Mm-hmm. And, and then now, in the midst of that, this praying and fasting and holding to, you know, the the ways that, you know, he was not allowed to do while in exile, but he still did in practice. Right. You know, then now he's still doing afterwards. This is just Daniel being consistent. And then what does that earn him? Well, it earns him apparently God's favor to come and to give him more understanding. And that's why, again, in 11, and he said to me, oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. I mean, mm. Gosh, understand the words that I speak for speak to you. And so I think again, Daniel is Daniel is gifted this and it is from a gracious and kind and loving God. God and and uh messengers of God, um however you see this, um referring to Daniel so often as, you know, someone treasured by God is just mm-hmm. that I mean, I feel like well done, good and faithful servant. That type of uh response that we're all excited for um one day that's that's pretty encouraging mm-hmm. um and either way that you see this just understand that um, this is a this is an encouragement and an, a, a great opportunity for us to um, remember that no matter what uh political yeah reality we seem to be in there's one who is um always in control so be encouraged